0: Welcome to the Generation Y Podcast. My name is Will.
1: And I'm Jean.
0: And if it's your first time stopping in, this is a podcast and a community designed to help young adults thrive.
1: Because young adulting is hard and we just want to help. So we're asking questions that matter to all of us and we're having conversations with people who know the answers.
0: Today we're going to be talking about the topic of self-worth or self-love. I think one of the first steps that we can take toward loving our neighbor is learning how to love ourselves. And today we're going to talk about why we don't do that and how we can start. This is the Generation Y Podcast. And today we are joined by the founder and CEO of a company called So Worth Loving, a good friend of ours, Aaron Eddy. Welcome to the Generation Y Podcast. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Listen to the applause. if you've ever wanted what an audience of three sounds like now you know that was it right there
1: we're available for voiceover work
0: Yeah, for for clap over work fun fact we actually were just listening to uh the podcast that you listen to when you go on road trips you know you can never predict it was on laugh tracks and the invention of laugh tracks in shows and it was just the most fascinating thing it was about
1: how we uh it was on the happiness lab but they were talking about how the invention of laugh tracks and how there's a huge science behind it about how we actually don't just laugh because someone else is laughing but we actually we take on their emotions it was wow. pretty crazy
0: it was really interesting I does that have
2: to do with mirror neurons I've heard of mirror neurons it was something, like, it's something 100%. like that they I, called I know it what some, mirror
0: neurons are for yeah. sure
2: <laughs> they
1: they called yeah. it something else but but I, I've heard the word mirroring so that's what I thought they were going to say but it's that yeah. same idea that basically, like, good and bad feelings from somebody else rub off on us, which we know, but like their perspective, we'll shoot you the link to it. It was really cool. It was fascinating.
0: Yeah. But we're not talking about I mirror think. neurons today <laughs> <laughs> because, because that would be a very short conversation if I were saying that.
1: Aaron and I could talk about it for hours. So
2: <laughs> I, love, I love talking about that kind of I, stuff.
0: I would be like, how do you spell that? And that's all the time we have. Um, <laughs> But no, um, so Aaron, for the t- purposes of today's conversation, you uh, yeah. founded an organization called So Worth Loving, which we're going to get into in just a little bit. But I just thought you were the perfect person to talk about this um, this conversation around self worth. Mm-hmm. I think you know, right now, millennials are. I mean we've we've seen statistics show that our generation has lower self worth than our parents' generation and almost any others. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about some of the causes of that and and how we can start to combat that a little bit. But for the purposes of today's conversation. Conversation, I want to just start off with a sort of fun question. Tell me, what was Erin your proudest moment as a kid growing up?
2: <laughs> um, okay, so my proudest moment. So, okay, for anybody listening, they need—they probably should know I'm four eleven. So, like, I hit like my growth spurt, and then it did and then it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and then I put growing at a very young age, right? <laughs> so. I'm 4'11 and uh, I was always the short kid in the class. Like, it's always just like I was the run. I right. always said I was the run in school. Anyways, I, my, so my parents sit me down one day. I'm in fifth grade and, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. That's like when you hit puberty, you know? Right. I, they sit me down and they're like, all right, sweetie, we have something. To share with you, this does not define your value. This doesn't mean that you're not smart. That you know they do the whole like you're talented and you're beautiful. They do the whole cushion thing, you know, right? Right before they break the news, and so they're like, but um, not but, but they were like, you are going to have to repeat fifth grade. And I was like, I think they were prepared Whoa. to be like, is she okay? And I was, I was thought it was the most awesome thing.
0: Uh, what? Really? I, <laughs>
2: I was so, I was so proud about it. I was like, awesome. I'm now going to be average size. <laughs> I'm going to oh be, God. like, I immediately went to like rose color lenses. I was like, I'm going to be average size. I'm going to be even smarter because I know all of the tests. I probably have all the answers to those tests. Oh my
1: God.
0: Kids
2: are going to ask me. I was like, so proud of it I was so proud of it my parents were like wow they're like
0: oh
1: uh so you don't need this horse that so, we bought you yeah.
2: <laughs> so did you like, no, have all, all the
0: same teachers that you had again or were they different it was
2: a different it was different teachers okay. it was a different school And I was definitely not average size still, and I definitely had a tutor. Actually, I had like three, (laughs) and and I I was diagnosed with ADD that year.
0: But (laughs) there it is.
2: We we all should have been. I'm still proud. That's
0: amazing. You know what I love? You You know what I love about that story is that you and I were both probably four eleven in fifth grade. (laughs) I, I legitimately thought I was I think
1: was, I probably was too I
0: thought I was going to be like 5'2 for my entire life And then just some, oh. something happened And you know I ate it's enough vegetables weird. And then now I'm, now I'm normal I'm no, You know what that's not, I didn't mean to say that Not normal, normal. <laughs> But I am 6 feet I am very average male 185 6 feet tall and that's
1: Statistically just, <laughs> nothing it means nothing Right
0: down the middle okay. That's okay. amazing I
2: never got those those foods that you ate that made you pop up I you know i just never Oh, the had magic those.
1: beans
0: oh the for, magic beans yeah be grateful That's what for it that was. i had the healthiest childhood of probably anyone i know oh it's just yeah, I, he really
1: he he's had an eight pack since he was like six but he really <laughs> missed out on a lot of fun i grew up on on sugar and carbs um like soda candy all of it and
0: no no i was not allowed to have any sugar no carbonated beverages no caffeine no food coloring my lunch was like dried raisins like the kind of bread that like you are kind of curious what's inside of it you're like are these nuts or like what is this like it has way (laughs) too much grain in it like that was my lunch um meanwhile my kids were my kids (laughs) wow my friends were having lunchables and my just that was never part of my childhood. Yeah, All right. So
1: squeeze it. That's amazing. Jean,
0: what was your proudest moment as a kid?
1: Um, okay. So I distinctly remember, do you guys, did you guys ever go to the skate skating rink, like the Skate Center? Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. I don't yeah. know if y'all's Skate Center did this. I didn't having a child brain, I didn't realize that they were actually just trying to get us out of our skates and back in our shoes faster to get us out of there. But what they would do at the end of like a skate party is they would have a foot race. So obviously all the kids are going to like run. Isn't that brilliant? Yes.
0: They would run to get, give
1: their um, skates back and get their tennis shoes on. And I was probably 10 years old and I'm standing at the back of the rink. I'm lined up with all the little boys and girls and they blew that whistle, and who knows what song is playing? I, I don't. Probably
0: remember. Avril Lavigne, "Skater Boy."
1: Oh yes, no, she runs uh, <laughs> skater boy. She said I'm a mind. little older than that,
0: so <laughs> hey, I don't know when this was.
1: <laughs> it was probably like Mambo Number Five, so. <laughs> but I ran like a- my little girl heart out, and I beat everybody. <laughs> yeah, you did. Sweetie. And I, that I love that age because. Because especially, I mean, girls and guys get so much like weird cultural pressure right around puberty age. But at that age, like I just love everybody is knees and elbows and they they are don't care about sweating and they don't care what their hair looks like. And I didn't I didn't think, like I just remember in that moment I my only thought was, I'm fast.
0: That's awesome. And I love
1: oh, that God. I didn't think I'm faster than or I'm better than it's it was that pure child moment of just going mm. I'm fast and looking around and being like whether they were boys or girls like That's just awesome. being proud of like I did that.
0: I I feel like we could start a like a whole psychology conversation around all of these answers mine (laughs) is very weird but here we are so my I I grew up my you know a lot of my family's from Alabama and my dad is a very big outdoorsman he just you know he likes being outside and so they're roughing it they're like they're like cutting wood and I'm helping out and I think I'm I'm probably 12 at this point I'm probably 12 years old we're out cutting wood and him and his best friend um, where I knew him as Mr. Maynard, and they were out there cutting wood, and he enjoyed red man chewing tobacco. Like that was just what one of the things he liked. And so, um, so I was like, "Well, Dad," you know, "like I'm, you know, I'm out cutting wood with Obviously. the guys, and like I'm doing man stuff, so like I should have some of whatever that is." <laughs>
1: yeah. And he was like, "You don't want to do he, it."
0: If he's probably he was probably thinking this is going to be a great teaching moment for this. <laughs> and so gives me some of this, a pinch. this of this chewing tobacco. A
1: pinch. First, a pinch. First of all, me
0: <laughs> j- just a pinch between your lip and gum gives you great the back of flavor. Oh, gross! That was the old <laughs> Skull commercial. Anyway, so <laughs> <Just ridiculous. laughs> so my brother and I. My brother still had braces, so his got caught in his braces. Within I five know. minutes, he's throwing up. I just think that I am made of steel. So I'm like, oh, I'm good. I got this, you know, I put this tuna back. And I could not wait to go in, sh- in inside and show my mother because oh. like that was the pinnacle of being a man. So I walked oh. inside, I walked inside in the living room with this big old wad of tuna back in my mouth, 12 years old. And I was like, hey, mom, I was like. Guess I was like, your little boy's a man now. (laughs) Oh,
1: no. Oh, no.
0: I was a man because I had you in tobacco. Well,
1: you were so proud of yourself.
0: I was very proud of myself. (laughs) Needless to say, things didn't go well for me after that. But needless to also say, things went way worse for my dad after that because (gasps) he was in the doghouse. Oh, and especially
2: after growing up with like eating bran toast like you have. I yeah, know. I know. That sucker in your mouth. That
0: is
1: so funny. Well, he was probably counting on you guys hating it.
0: I had the conversation with my dad afterwards that were like, listen, there are some things that we don't tell mom. And that was for sure one of them.
1: <laughs> I was trying to be a cool dad.
0: And I ruined it, but I was very <laughs> proud.
1: A- usually fails. That's so good. That's so good. So
0: I love those, and I'm sure those will come back up in, in you know, as we continue our conversation. Just proud moments. We thought we were just, mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't a grade mm-hmm. attached to it. There wasn't a trophy mm-hmm. for it. It was just we were proud for for a lot of uh, innocent reasons. Yeah. Don't we miss those in days in our own world? In so many mm-hmm. ways, I just wish we could all be kids again. But so we're gonna get into Thank that. But Aaron, uh, for today, give us just your your background as you grew up um, and yeah. into college, and then we'll get into kind of what you're doing now
2: yeah 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 um so i grew up in north georgia like up in um like Habersham county we have north georgia um 16 acres i had barn cats and great danes we had um jack russells we had macaws wolves we had to tell people the wolves were german shepherds Uh oh yeah lots of chewing tobacco wow (laughs) lots of paint just (laughs) um but then of course you know i've repeated fifth grade Learned I'm not good at school. Everything so changed I after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything changed after that. Um, but so I decided to not go to college and I started working for, um, an organization called orange mm-hmm. and I worked there for four years. And then from there, the owner, the CEO asked me, he was like, sky's the limit. What do you want to do? I really couldn't think of an answer because I think I had just always been very reactionary. He, uh, asks me. I can't answer it. I think about it. I'm doing laundry and I'm like, man, if I'm honest, I want to pursue music. Like that's the thing I really want to do, but that's scary to admit. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I decided to call up a producer anyways, despite, and I don't even know how to do producer talk at the time. And I'm like, this guy plays piano. He probably produces music. That's literally what I thought. (laughs) 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 And I re- I recorded um, a few albums and licensed my music to TV shows and some commercials and and I thought oh, maybe my next step is to create some product for people that support my music like you know fan merch or something like that but I didn't really like the term fan um, I felt like it, it we were more of a family like we're doing this together like yeah like, we're in this together like my music is is not for me it's to share for you and. And so I thought maybe I'll come up with a phrase that I could put on a T-shirt. I didn't have any like extra money because it all went into recording music. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm still working at my full-time job and my music's not making a ton of money. So I thought maybe I'll just spray paint people's shirts. That sounds totally (laughs) logical. That's so creative. So I bought cardboard stencils and fabric spray paint from Hobby Lobby and or Michaels. I can't remember where it was. And I put my home address on Tumblr because that was where my music my music blog was. These are different times, man. (laughs)
1: Putting (laughs) your your home address on the internet.
0: We're going to include ours in the show notes (laughs) after this. Yeah, (laughs) but if you're sending treats, though, we do live. Yeah, then we will. Yes. One oh (laughs) one. I actually had somebody send us a pie recently, and I was v- very unexpected. I this mean, is I d-
1: why you want people to know your address.
0: As it is, I opened. It, I was like, "What?" I was like, "What is this?" Like, it's like yeah. from some, you know. I opened it up. It was a pecan pie. It was delicious. It was, it was delicious. deformed when we got it, but listen, if you want to send us a <laughs> the pie, mail, you know, go ahead.
1: Okay, so you were so you were spray painting uh, people yeah. who liked your music. You were they were you were having them send you their shirts, and then mm-hmm. you would spray paint
2: a phrase or something on them. And then, yeah. And then I'd mail it back to them. So I I started playing around just with my own t-shirts, just like simple phrases that you see, like you're beautiful or you're lovely or, um, just like little types of some cheesy phrases. And I was like, this doesn't, no, that's not it. What, what could I do? And then the words so worth loving came to my mind. And I thought, man, that has to exist. I have, I had to have seen that somewhere like so where because you know like sometimes we can see things and then right. we think we came up with the idea and yeah. I was like no you actually just saw that yeah it's like <laughs> subliminal yeah so it comes to my mind I, I research it a little bit because I am that entrepreneur that likes any idea that you get you see if the web domains are available and all of the handles are available yeah. and then you're like oh okay this is something I'm doing right <laughs> yeah I get all of them. so that's what I did and I I just wanted to tell the community of people that were supporting my music and my journey that they were worth loving and that they were so worth loving. No matter their past mistakes, relationship status, career choice, the history that they come from, they are worthy of love and to pursue whatever it is that they want to pursue. And I think that's my, the people that supported me, gifted me belief in a dream that I was scared to admit I wanted to do. Right. So it kind of came from that space. And so I got like, I put my home address. I get tons of shirts popping into my mailbox, and I'm just like, "These are not just from my mom. These are <laughs> right. from people I don't know." That's amazing.
0: <laughs> That's a fun moment. So with-
2: <laughs> it was. It was such a cool moment. And what was even more beautiful, and just kind of kind of like a, just took my breath away. Really, was the stories I was receiving within the package of yeah. the shirts stories of people sharing why they felt unworthy of love, and mm, um, thankful for somebody to stand for this message and to want to spread it, yeah. and for and they want to carry it and and re- be reminded of that. Whether it was um, abuse, depression, anxiety, uh, physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, emotional, financial, spiritual, to to self mutilation, um, struggles with suicide, th- suicidal thoughts.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, to uh, I just got out of a really bad relationship or you know my heart's broken. I had to call off my engagement and this is where I'm at and
0: Gosh. or you know
2: I just got fired or um college has been really hard for me. Yeah. there's so many different stories I just kept receiving and I thought man there has this is so much bigger than me spray painting shirts and I don't know where to go from there. I don't know what to do but Maybe I'll just keep doing this. So I just kept doing it, did it for eight months, doing it for free. Um, Hundreds of shirts later, I decided, okay, I'm going to screen print one design. And the design was a doodle I did in my journal. And I, I bought like 10 smalls. Fifteen medium, <laughs> twenty large. I had no idea. I was, right. I was like, was this like a passion project, trend thing that's like died off, or is this something? There's something bigger. But I was like, I think this is something bigger. I think that this is a lifestyle, and people just want to carry this message yes. physically on them to remind other people. I yes. think that's what it is, but I'm not sure. But I'm gonna just go after it anyways. So we um, launched on Cyber Monday, and then not almost nine years later. We've shipped to 50 states, 30 countries, and on, oh on 100 college campuses, bringing students together, being ambassadors for our, pro- for our product, and um, primarily for our message and our mission. It's always been mission mission and message forward before product. Um, wow. But yeah, it's been a wild ride. So I printed more than 10 smalls and 15 meters, Just mediums, a few
0: just more. a couple. <laughs>
2: That's it, incredible.
0: It truly is, Erin. And, and just to see, so you know, my, my little sisters wear the So Worth Loving oh, brand. They love it. Brand. I mean, no. long long before we, I mean, I think probably long before we even met. Um, And uh, they have been, it's just a, such a positive message. So w- mm-hmm. what I want to get into here is what was it about that phrase? What mm-hmm. was it about mm-hmm. that message that thousands and thousands and thousands of people needed to hear?
2: Yeah, yeah that phrase, so worth loving. I think it's such a simple phrase, but it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, we can hear, you know, you're beautiful, you're lovely, you're sweet. But when you hear that you're so worth loving, it hits on every bit. It hits on, am I worth, am I worth it? Yeah. Am I lovable? And if I am, am I, am I kind of, am I sort of? And I think, um, it was a divine moment for me hearing that it. like it really, I don't want to be cheesy, but it was like a divine moment of like an aha moment of that phrase that you're so worth loving.
0: Yeah. It
1: really does go so much deeper than the, than the kind of surface comments that get thrown around in our culture, which mm-hmm. usually um, only speak to the external. And I mean, we'll say someone's nice or they're you know generous, but there is something about the word worth that it's like tentacles.
0: And I, I also just want to say this is, I know it's kind of easy for all of our our guy listeners to just to write that off and say that's what's typically just a um, you know an issue that females face. I strongly disagree. I think that is something that all of us need. Mm-hmm. All of us need worth. And I just think guys are more afraid to admit it.
1: I mean, even the most well-meaning parents, uh, they're going to kind of raise you from a culture they remember. And oftentimes, uh, by a certain age, male and female are sort of taught different traits about what makes Mm -hmm. them valuable and what is expected of them. And for a lot Mm -hmm. of times, that means guys need to be tough. They need to shut their feelings down. And that feelings like anger are much more acceptable than crying. Girls are your value is in your beauty. Um, and, and there are things that are and are not appropriate for you to do. Well, before that, the whole world was available to you and you didn't question your worth. And now yeah. you've been given something that someone else gave you to live into that really is not true to who any of us are at our core. Yeah. 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 That's right.
0: Aaron, for the young adults that you have worked with in, in generation Y, we tend to struggle with this more than our parents' generation, more than almost anyone else. And I just wonder mm-hmm. if you can speak to that in what you've seen with young adults. Why do you think it is that we struggle so much with the idea of feeling worthy?
2: Yeah. So it's a, oh Gosh, it's such a good question. And I feel like I could only do like the 10% of the iceberg to answer it. Because I, I, cool. I believe that there is an overconsumption that we see on a daily basis That denies our value, or um, rejects us, or holds self worth, or paints self worth to being something else than ever before. And I think that's through media, social media. I think is uh, just because we can obtain it doesn't mean that we should to the amount that we are. Mm -hmm. And I I think that that's creating thought patterns that we don't even realize that we are like things that we're saying to ourselves. Um, and to kind of touch on, you know, uh, upbringing a little bit, like when I was seven, I would perform I mean, I, we should have known I was going to do music because I would perform all the time for my family. I'm like, you know, Kiss from a Rose on the Grave by Seal yes. with my little yes. karaoke machine. <laughs> Aaron, we were the
1: same kid.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think, I think Will was too. This is oh amazing. God.
2: I just thought like, I was just like, I'm going to learn every, which I don't even know why I'm seven learning that song and like Eric Clapton and like all these, I'm performing. And for a while, yes. like my sisters would like record me. They would video, they would record me doing Shania Twain music videos and they would produce, we would produce music videos. Of music oh my god! Out. And so when I was young, I did that from like seven to 12 and that planted a thing in my head where I said, basically, if I perform good and people watch it and they like it, then that means I, I'm i like, I'm good. I'm good enough. Ugh. I'm worthy of applause. I'm worthy of approval. I'm worthy of love. And that was just in my own home. So if that's happening in our own homes and then nothing, no, none the, nothing about it is malicious, right? It's like none of that is ma- a malicious intent. It was so sweet and so innocent, but it planted this little lie when I was young and then it manifested. And so I can only imagine now with being born into media and social media and the performance factor. I can only imagine those types of lives that we're having to combat even more. Oh and yeah. we're and we're doing it on purpose.
1: <laughs> I know. Um, right. You know? When we were kids, yeah, it's kind of happening on accident where I feel like what happens is we something like that happens, which happened to me, too. And I'm sure you but like whether it's you're you're good at a sport or something. When someone tells you for the first time, this is what you're good at. It creates mm-hmm. this idea of earning where now mm-hmm. you think, oh, that's my value. So now I need to earn it instead of realizing that it's inherent, that your worth yeah. is inherent. You think I need to earn mm-hmm. it. And then and then I was like you, Aaron, like I was the performer. So I spent the rest of my days Performing. And I don't, I didn't realize that I was chasing my self worth. It's just that I thought that that was like, that's what I'm supposed to do. It's so,
0: it's so interesting to me that as we were talking about, you know, our proudest moments as kids, (laughs) that we didn't bring up, oh, well, it was when I was on the stage and I received this medal, (laughs) uh, you know, and this award and this certificate. (laughs) And and yes, my chewing tobacco story, you know, that's just light and funny. But if I'm truly honest on like the actual proudest i've ever been is was probably like when i am um i was playing little league baseball and i would just i remember like hearing my like hitting i got a i got a base hit and i just remember hearing my parents just screaming for me just like there and i remember just looking over me like that's my dad you know like that's that's my mom and it, it it was nothing i didn't do anything i didn't achieve anything i just knew that they were there for me and that tied into my worth. And I, and that's a whole nother topic. You were being
1: acknowledged. And I mean, that's so, that's just part of like every kid, every human needs that. But yeah, I'm so, I'm so intrigued by this too, because speaking of parents, we are as millennials or generation, Y, we were accused of a lot of things. Um, And we're, we also have a lot of uh, positive attributes that are given to our generation. It's, they're Mm kind of conflicting though. So on the, on the one hand, it's described as the self-esteem generation. That that's what we are. That basically our parents really went out of their way to not repeat any of the mistakes or any things they did not like about their childhood, so they removed a lot of the struggle and pain that they went through as kids. Yeah. Um, creating uh you know sh- goalposts that were closer and um participation awards and things like that, which. I yeah. think it was interesting. The goal of it was to build our self-esteem. The problem is you go out into the world and it is not designed like that. There mm-hmm. are still winners and losers. And mm-hmm. uh, and it's interesting that we actually wound up having super low self-esteem. Even those of us who are at the top end of, of uh, Gen Y didn't have social media until college. And yet, the impact is still pervasive. And so I truly do. I mean, my heart is kind of broken for kids that only ever knew social media because it has been uh, a love hate, like kind of damaging thing, even in my life. And I haven't Mm -hmm. even had it for that long.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Same. Same. I went through uh, when I did a social media detox, I recognized how how absent i actually am in my life by being on by Gosh. being present on Oof. social media
1: that is a whole Gosh. thing too have you seen the uh,
0: the pictures of uh, they they just took all these couples and they have their phones and they photoshopped their phones <gasps> away and they just said this is what oh, it would look like so without their phones and like how sad people actually are um. we also statistically they they did a study uh, of people in uh, doctor waiting rooms and the people who had their phones versus people who didn't and people who had their phones with them, not even on them, just visible in their laps, smiled at people 30% less than the people who didn't have their phones.
1: Wow. Just because it was there.
0: Yeah. Just because it was.
1: They said it was something about in our minds that we think that the, the world on our phone is just as real as the world mm-hmm. that we're living in
0: and it's cooler
1: and it and that it's cooler yeah. than the one we're living in oftentimes and so yeah. we can literally disregard everyone currently around us because mm-hmm. a world on our phone is waiting. So yeah.
0: Aaron, what Uff. is it specifically about social media and I'm going to throw dating apps in there too. I think that, yeah. you know, in some regards ties a lot into this. What do you think it is specifically about some of those things that Put a ceiling on our self worth and make it harder just for us to break through that.
2: I think that we seek it for validation and approval, and if we don't, if we don't, if we're not silent enough to to like just within our own lives, if we don't silence some of that and recognize that it can't ever, it it can't ever give us that validation, we'll always be seeking it more and more and more and more. And I do think that particularly social media is of, there is a form of addiction to it. Mm-hmm. And then those oh, studies yeah. have come out about it. And I think that w- when we hear addiction, we think, we think sex, we think porn, we think alcohol, mm-hmm. we think drugs. Uh, on my phone? No. Right. That's like, so that's socially acceptable. Like phone is socially acceptable. You right. know, like drugs isn't, but alcohol isn't, but bonus. So there's no way I have like a problem with that. Yeah. Right. And so I, We almost normalize our engagement with it and we seek it to get this validation um, that we are not even wanting to silence to just see, okay, wait, if we were to stop it completely, like look at social media, what would our life look like? Could we be present with it? Would we appreciate it? And If if we didn't like our life, it sounds scary to go, okay, um, if I don't like my life right now, I put my phone down. Um, this is a whole list of things that now I need to fix or take care of or be present in. Um, maybe we don't have the proper community and the proper support to help us be, um, brave enough to walk towards it. So I think we seek validation and I think that we're scared to be present because we're scared of what we'll actually see in our lives. Yeah. And that's so
0: good. Um, Aaron, as I think, too, about just the way that our world assigns value and and assigns worth, um, I'm somebody who my whole life I loved grades. Like, I loved the fact that I had something to show people. Like, I made an A. I did it. I, you know, um, I remember when I got into college, I was so proud, you know, and, and I still carry, like, you know, my GPA is on my resume and all this kind of stuff. I am interested. I think that's becoming less and less popular in terms of, mm-hmm. some, I mean, a lot of institutions institutions are doing away with grades and more, less and less people are actually going to college. And mm-hmm. as someone who, who uh, didn't go to college, I'm just interested, how has that played into you, the way that you see yourself knowing that that was something that was really popular for, for a long period of time and expected?
2: oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. People would ask me, instead of saying, are you going to college? That was never like a question. Are right. you going to college? It was, what college are you going to? Right. And you're like, oh, I'm uh... not. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, uh... oh what are you, you going to do then? Like, as if, I, as if I didn't have purpose anymore. Like, she's confused on her purpose. Right. Gosh. that <laughs> Which maybe I was. But I think you also are when you go to college. That's yes. like I think it's... Yes, and right, it's both. Um, so I did, I got those questions all the time, or people kind of going, Oh, and for a while, it was really hard for me to answer that, or sometimes I would make it up, I would lie. Sometimes I would say, Oh, you know, there's a few options I'm looking at that I might be applying for. Like, I just say that wow. there wasn't, oh, <laughs> and like, and I even though I joke that I was bad at school, I was able to, um, have the opportunity to get a four-year scholarship at a college and I yeah. decided to not go. Yeah. And so then there was some of the judgment was, and you're not going to go.
0: right? Like, right. why
2: wouldn't you? But I, I, I saw it as an opportunity, I guess, um, to, to go, okay, wait, am I making decisions for other people? Or am I making decisions? Cause I really do believe that this is the path I'm supposed to take. Like if I remove everybody else out of it, my parents, my, of course I take everybody's into consideration, but it being prayerful and and seeking advice, but then also going, yeah, no, I just don't think it is the right step for me um, yeah. to go to college. Gosh. But I, I think that uh, we all, we all want somebody on the other side to approve our decision. Right. right. I was just thinking that's, that was very uh,
1: self-aware of you and I don't even know what the right word is, but like, I don't know at that age that I could not have succumbed to the expectations others had mm-hmm. for me, but somehow you fought that. That's yeah. really
2: impressive. Yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely there's other areas that I struggled at. But maybe that was the one strong one. <laughs> there it
0: is. No, I, I just, I totally agree. I, I just, one, I just think college isn't for everyone. And I think especially, I mean, if you live somewhere like America in the United States, it is so outrageously expensive, and it turns mm-hmm. out to sometimes be the least useful thing, you know, that that you do. I mean, it's like, well, I mean, how many times have you heard people say, "Well, yeah, I went to college and I went into debt, and then now I do something completely unrelated," and mm-hmm. then you're like, "Yeah." And it's almost as though you just have to say that you did it on on a resume. It doesn't yeah. matter that I what I that I'm competent in the subject matter. It just matters that I got the degree because that in itself yeah. says something about my worth that i'm you know the type of worker i am and it sucks
2: yeah it's just like a stamp Just like yeah did it it is it's either exactly it is like a stamp and you know i think and if it's not college then it's going to be something else it's gonna be not college it's your job if it's not your job it's it's are you married or are you single if it's not that then it's um and do you want to have kids can you have kids like instead of going are y'all gonna have kids Like. Yeah. There are some of my friends where they can't have kids right. and so I think we, if we walk into not projecting but having sensitivity to the questions, uh, people find their self-worth and just trying to say something that will make that person approve of them yes. instead of, no, this is my reality of what it is. It's, it's, and I mean, you <sighs> could get, you could be so far, I mean, I could go so far fetched to saying that's what social media is too. Right. It's like if we were to post our photos that didn't have filters, Will we get as many likes or not? Right, but we're like, right. oh, but it's like really pretty looking if I do it this way. And so I'm gonna post Gosh. it this way. You know, it's we're yeah. always seeking somebody else's mm-hmm. approval. And yeah. we're always
1: we tend to adapt our answers to things based on what someone else is projecting. And social media does that by simply creating absolutely unrealistic and unattainable images that we now yeah. think are the standard. Um, yeah. and so we almost can't, we don't we feel like we can't be honest. And if that doesn't attack your self worth, I don't know what does, yeah. And right.
0: some Instagram accounts have a literal stamp, I mean, they've got that blue check next to them to say, you know, like those are worth more, you know, they're
2: valuable, they're verified people. I know, like, <laughs> We've been trying to get so worth loving verified for six, six years. Oh my god, keep, they keep, and that's hilarious. They keep rejecting oh, us. You guys have like <laughs> the
1: most followers. Yeah. I That's
0: don't understand so why do they keep rejecting it?
1: They're like they're trying know. to they're trying to make people uh, they're feel, trying to feel good about themselves. Yeah. I that doesn't work for us.
0: That doesn't but
1: That's not good for business. Listen,
0: you're doing makeup tutorials though. Let me mm. get my marker. Right,
1: right. Yep. I can can't. see your side boob. You get a check.
2: <laughs> you get a check. Yeah. I, I literally. Can't. That. Isn't it ironic? So worth loving gets rejected by Instagram. Yeah. That is. We're literally
1: trying to help you.
0: Instagram, if, you're, if you're listening. Yeah, Instagram. I hate that because it seems like those are the things that just they get the most attention. Like, right, your pictures with the filters. I I love sports. And it seems like every announcer, down to the person holding the dang boom microphone, is like the most beautiful person I've ever seen. I'm like, what do I have to do? Like, (laughs) what?
1: What what is that? Yeah, what's the requirement? Yeah. We're we're not allowed to age.
0: It makes me God so angry. God forbid
1: we stumble into some bad lighting. There's your whole career, you
0: know.
2: <laughs> you know that has been the beauty of quarantine, I'll say, because I'm—I have all my all, some of my friends that like really, really love makeup. They're like, I'm not wearing any makeup because it's expensive and no one yes. gets to see it. Yes. And Absolutely, I'm like, this is gonna be so good for you and for me, like. Not doing our hair as much, not putting so much weight into appearance and how we should look. Don't get me wrong, I love to get dressed up. Don't get me wrong, I love filters. I think it's fun to be creative. Sure. Yes. But when we start to enter into where our identity and our self worth and the approval of others gives us a stamp instead of knowing where our true value is and it is in us and nobody else can tell us, but it is already innately in us as we were born yeah until we can really grasp that I think we need to take a little bit of a break so, absolutely because you you know uh why you're
1: posting something right before you're about to hit post you know there's there's either this like carefree i'm not thinking about this feeling or you know that like that hot steamy fear that's like uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, i'm scared I, to post we this. were
0: we were first of all People watching. We were just at the beach uh, for a couple days over Memorial Day, visiting my my cousin. Um, And people watching at the beach is just about just about better than watching people watching at the airport. It's just
1: influencers (laughs) in the wild. And they—that's—it's—they're th- really all is. influencers, I think, or they think.
0: Listen, no oh, judgment. Oh no, You see, really wait.
1: got to see the behind-the-curtain, like we
0: saw a lot of of.
1: We did see a lot of, of things.
0: Selfies. We saw a lot of things, but
2: see, isn't that wild, though?
0: Yes.
1: We see you, <laughs> so when you're taking the photo, <laughs> well, we see essentially all the behind-the-scenes of it, it just, and it's—I mean.
0: It was interesting to me. Someone would be standing there looking like a normal human being, right? And they'd be like, yeah. okay, well, they'd get a friend or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whoever. And like, all right, take this picture. And then as they were about to take the photo, would contort their body into some into the most flattering shape that they could. And it was like, but it looked so unnatural. That I was like, why don't you just take a normal photo? Of, <laughs> I- you
1: know in like horror movies or something where, where it's like a normal character and then suddenly like they're like elbows bend the wrong way and yeah. they're whatever. <laughs> it's almost like watching that or like 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 Jurassic
2: Park or something. Yeah. But isn't that the thing we were talking about is that we don't feel like we can be honest in front of people. Yes. Yes. And we feel like we can't be honest even through social media because we have this big fear, it's such a deeply rooted others have it more deeply rooted than other people, but that somebody is gonna think that they are not pretty mm-hmm. or worthy or good enough because they yes. didn't contort their body that way right. or their hair didn't flow that way or their, their tan wasn't as bronzy so they get face tuned to make them tanner because yes. right? Right. there's all of those apps but it all goes back to honesty yes is what it really means, well and, and, yeah. and
0: another thing is to cut two things one we have all done that in one way or another and oh, we, for sure. we all do that in one way or another you know for yes. a lot I'm of us i'm wearing guys. makeup yeah, for a
1: podcast <laughs> my,
0: right <Yes>. now. <laughs> yeah, me too. I
1: got no, mascara
0: on. <laughs> m- and mine, you know, might not be contorting my body for a photo, but it's something different, and it's that. But the second thing is, yeah. I don't blame those people. No, like yeah. for, if you're the one, you know, getting that picture, and it, t- you know, you do it over and over to get the perfect one. You're, you're not the one to blame. You know, right? It, it is.
1: It's a product of culture. It's
0: a product, yes, exactly. Product of your raisin. Um well,
1: and it's it's that a lot of people they do not. A lot of people don't realize that their worth is inherent and that they don't have yeah. to do that. And I feel like we get these like we get these small glimpses of realizing what what it looks like to have that to feel that worth. I feel mm-hmm. like when we get all caught up in, in how things appear and then we see someone just truly enjoying themselves or yeah. in their photos, they don't look perfect, but they look happy. It's like mm-hmm. you your soul recognizes that and knows that mm-hmm. that is actually the goal but we just forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm.
0: Aaron, as someone who the so worth loving brand, a lot of people follow it, a lot of people have adopted it as a lifestyle, and because of that, I think you carry some social responsibility um mm-hmm. for the for your followers and your messaging. You talked about messaging. How do yeah. you craft your messaging to ensure that you're basically, that you're not contributing to this, that you're helping people feel worthy? What is it about your messaging um, that's providing healing in a lot of that?
2: Mm. I think that we do a good job of sharing other people's stories in our community that carry carry the message of what it looks like in their daily life. And they come from all different backgrounds and different upbringings. And so just by sharing other people's stories We're telling somebody watching that their story is also worthy of love. And it was very important for us to always maintain community that way, because we could have been like, we only have these influencers that write about stuff for self-worth, or Mm -hmm. we only associate to people that have, or we only repost photos of people that have tens of thousands of followers. We don't care about any of that what we, when the way we create content on social media is that anybody is worthy and valuable and we want to share whoever it is, not this person with their caliber or their success or their, and that's, that's the one thing that I I see a lot of brands do that bums me out because I think that they are feeding the culture that we're talking about. yeah. Um, and it's perpetuating the behavior instead of celebrating individuals from all over the world of whether they have four followers, one follower, or no followers, and they're not even on social media, yeah. or they have 400,000 followers. But uh, yeah. I've always, and our team has always made it like just in the forefront and so important to us that everybody's story matters. And, I love that. Uh, everybody is worth loving. That's
1: amazing. And I mean, it, when you scroll through your page, you can tell the way you guys are celebrating mm-hmm. every everybody. And I think that even just sends a message to that you are posting stories of people that are not influencers. And mm-hmm. that what is valuable is we can find ourselves in everybody's story, even if we haven't been through the same circumstances, we're all experiencing the same feelings. And I feel yeah. like what you guys are doing with So Worth Loving is just basically creating this connection to where whatever... Barriers and culture and whatever would make us think we're separate, is you guys are bridging that and just being like, No, we are all out here feeling the same thing. Yeah, and we are yeah. all worthy of love.
0: That's so true. Yeah. And I even, I mm-hmm. mean, if I can be candid for a second too, like I, I even have felt that like, you know, even in creating this thing, even in creating generation wide, this is something that we love, we're passionate about, we care about it. And there are things that I've been self-conscious about being like, Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to lead them to our page yet because like we need to grow a little more first so that they like take us seriously or like, Oh, we can't ask that person yet because, um, because we're not big enough for them yet because they won't think it's worth their time. And, and it's just, it's a trap. And I know, but like I, we all fall into it. We've just
1: had to fight it and just be like, no, this is important. And, and there are people listening and they need, they need to hear from people who have some good
0: answers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. And we can't let, we can't let, what we learned as kids about what establishes our value and performing right. to get in the way of doing
2: something good. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's
0: so Aaron. Great. so let's put some practical handles around this. Let's let's solve this simple problem Yeah, fix it, Erin. <laughs> I'm ready. So, I got
2: my pen, got what? a piece of paper. That's
0: all you need. From,
2: from y'all's words.
0: No, I'm just <laughs> Oh, great. Well, we've prepared y'all's a little son. something. No, I, I just want to, like, in what you have seen, in the stories that you have seen, in the people that go from seeing themselves one way to start to believing that they're worth more, What is it that seems to be the turning point for them? What's the first step that we take to see ourselves differently?
2: That's a great great question. We have the bravery to really look inside of ourselves and to see if what we see inside matches our actions. Um, I think with So Worth Loving, what I've just watched in the stories we've received, but then also in my personal journey, When I got really honest about where I wanted, like what I wanted my life to look like, not from like a visual standpoint, not from a materialistic standpoint of a, I want to be happy, healthy. I want safe community. I want good people around me. And I want to live a vibrant life. And I want to leave a footprint if I can to encourage somebody else that they can do that too. Are my actions right now reflecting that? Mm. And then, if they aren't, I need to look inside to see what it is that I'm telling myself that's getting in the way of me not being able to live through the lens that I'm worth loving. That's so good to live that truth. And so, looking in, um, looking in, and being really honest with safe people. I think there yeah. it's hard to find safe people, um, especially if you've been burned. It's scary to to Be vulnerable again. Mm-hmm. It's scary to think that somebody else isn't gonna do that again. Um, but there's so many great resources out there. Like there's the book Um Safe People by Dr. Henry Cloud and the book Boundaries. Um, actually, Dr. not that this is not a plug for Dr. Henry Cloud, but <laughs> it's a does, great book though. <laughs> but it is a great book. And he also has a, a course that you can take that's super cheap really? and it's affordable, and it's basically like I think you I think it's like I want to say it's like $5 it's like $5 a month or something like that. Wow. Um, that's amazing. But it, but you can do this course to learn more about unhealthy behavior and healthy behaviors so not only for yourself but then to know who to trust when you start making changes. Cuz that's mm. the thing it's like you might start making changes and then you're going to fall back in into your own habits and that's what I did. Like yeah. I started living a lifestyle of, that was not a reflection of of my true value after I had gone through a divorce. I, I just didn't think I was worth anything. Yeah. I, I, and I started living my life through that lens and then I got depressed because of that. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, and it's a long winded answer, but to say looking in, um, and being really honest, that's really, really, really scary to do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it means
1: a lot of times, like we were talking about earlier, having to go back to some of those early memories that were actually traumatic for us where it, it might have just been even something someone said to you yeah. but that really wounded you and and it m- maybe might be uncomfortable cuz it was a parent um yeah. and and yes it's uncomfortable but i also feel that the one of the many beautiful things about millennials about generation y is that we are some of the most empathetic and generous and passionate generation and yeah. um we we are so likely to go and help somebody else and to show them their worth. Um, But we can struggle to do that for ourselves. And I'm so happy to be alive in a time when the stigma around counseling is just going away um, and that that people our age are really taking an interest in their mental health and their self-worth and they're going back and they're doing that work. Because, I mean, what the cost at hand is time and joy and why wait? any longer like yes it's uncomfortable but like you're brave and you can do it
0: yeah
2: yeah absolutely and if it it, we will slowly deteriorate if Mm -hmm. we don't face it you know and I think that is the scary thing it's um it's embarrassing it's something to to mourn when you look in and you find some things that like aren't pretty or the words that were said or to admit that those were said to you that are kind of perpetuating that lie that you're starting to live out like That is no easy feat Mm -mm. at all, but you do owe it to yourself because you are worth facing those things. And then the people around you are worth it because you then can be an example of showing how you love and you can love from a space that's already fulfilled, not a space of I'm trying to get you to love me back. So I'll perform like you learn to this, a different type of reciprocating love. Um, when you, yeah. you do that when you look in and you identify those things
0: i i think as i look back we, we talk about social media we talk about movies we talk about music and all that kind of stuff and i do think all of those things contribute those are like the more current versions right that's that's how we we basically we compare ourselves constantly we're just do i measure up mm-hmm. am i enough do they notice me and you know but for a lot of our generation yeah. too as as we were were younger Um, it's the thing I still remember certain things that a a person that I can't even remember their name, but I will never forget the words that they said to me at times, you know, throughout my life that I've carried with me Mm -hmm. as almost as truth. And so I'm just interested, Mm -hmm. what role, um, does community play in all of this, the people that we surround ourselves with, um, in our self-worth?
2: That's a great question. Well, and I love, I love what you, what you said, because yeah, social media, movies, all, all of those really just show the symptoms to a much deeper issue. And the root is, can go back to not, like those just show symptoms or like topical things that why we compare ourselves, but the root to, there's such a deeper root. And I think community, healthy, safe community really does reveal um, who, like how much more you're made of because we all reflect joking about mirror neurons, but we do like all reflect back attributes of ourselves and our characteristics and, and uh, we learn more about um, we learn more about how to be vulnerable and be like still and present with people that don't look like us. but we learn what we're made of by yeah. being able to have a healthy healthy, safe community. For me, I wanted community to look like, Everybody looked different, and I wasn't scared of their differences. Right, um, and I, and I wanted to reciprocate what they gave me back too, which is love and grace and a listening ear, understanding. I think community. There's trustworthiness, understanding, loyalty, uh, and I want I want to be that. And so if if you're around that, and you both desire that, you're going to become more trustworthy, more loyal, more understanding, more caring. Absolutely. Um, and you grow each yeah. other because you're both saying,
1: hey, I love you exactly how you are. And also, I know that you may have some areas where you could grow and I'm going to help you. That yeah. That is massive because it's hard to do these things alone. You know, we yeah. we need encouragement and who we choose to be in our community can kind of make or break some of
2: those growth periods for us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, honest people. I think that's. What we desire in community, honest people, because they help us to be honest. Yeah, (laughs) and they're not scared of our honesty. They're not like, oh my gosh, like, well, she just said that mm -hmm. because they're not scared of their if they're not scared of their honesty.
1: Exactly, they're not gonna be scared
2: of your honesty. Right.
1: You, I think for me, something as I'm getting older is that I know how close I'm gonna be able to be to a friend by how Mm -hmm. honest they are with themselves. If there, are, yes. if there are areas of their lives that they just re- like refuse to look into, I know we are going to hit walls in our friendship. And that doesn't mean we can't be friends. I mean, not right. not every friend is a deep well. Um, right. But there are some people who are going to be more safe to tackle issues with than
0: others. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so also true. think that you can't be fully loved until you're fully known, you know? Mm-hmm. And like my closest friends in life are the ones that I am the most vulnerable with. You know, I have some friends that I just enjoy and we have a good time together, but the ones that I feel like give me life and the ones that I feel like will ride through it with me. Those are the ones that I feel like I can be fully, fully known, fully vulnerable Mm -hmm. and and for better or worse. And on the other side of that, I experience full acceptance. And there's just, that's just a rare thing. I mean, especially for guys too, you're just taught, Hey, that's just, you just don't talk about that kind of stuff. That's for your counselor or your therapist, but like, you don't want to, you know, talk about that with your partner or your friends. And it's just, it's created a culture of community where we're just good time hangs.
2: Mm -hmm. Gosh, that's so good. That's so good.
0: And I also think, I mean, this, this is harsh, but like distance yourself from toxic people. Like if there are Mm -hmm. people who you feel like take life from you on a regular basis, I have people in my life where it's okay to say, Hey, this is just not a relationship that I feel like is healthy for me anymore and get out of there. But like at first you kind of have to take account of those relationships first.
1: Truly because I, I think sometimes, uh, like you said, when you take an inventory and you look to see if, if what you want for your life, if your actions are lining up with it? Also, mm-hmm. does your community line up with it? Like, take a look yeah. at your relationships with your family members, with your friends, um, with your job. Like, how yeah. are those relationships? Because I I do think it's true that we are the product of the people we hang out with. And yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds harsh to like end some relationships for a period or, or forever. But like, if you really want to engage with your self-worth then you have to you have to surround yourself with the right things you know right. and yep. that's that's also like taking a glimpse around you if if everything you've chosen for yourself does not establish self-worth then that's a that's a pretty good reflection of how you see yourself
2: exactly yes i there i keep bringing him up but in the book boundaries this, <laughs> this really is <laughs> not a book this terms. episode it's is brought, brought to you by, you by boundaries, boundaries. yeah <laughs> there's another book called, uh, when to walk away from toxic people by Gary Thomas. Yeah. Really I love books y'all. Um, but, uh, in Dr. Cloud's book boundaries, he said, he talks about how nobody respects a yes person yet. We say yes to gay respect. And so, oh, right. And I, when I started reflecting on my life, I was the yes person. I said yes to everybody. And, and I wasn't respected. And when life got so hard for me, I didn't see a lot of the people that I said a bunch of yeses to because they didn't wow. respect me. Mm. They didn't value me because I didn't value me. Oof. And so I... <laughs> Big <laughs> <ugh>. <laughs> Oh, <Ouch>. man. That's... <laughs> these are those
1: moments where, like, I feel like, like you're laughing saying it. And, like, it sucks in the moment. But I think we oh. can look back... Um, And that's the wonderful thing about, you know, growing up is that you can look back and you can kind of have like empathy for your younger self. Like you just didn't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, too, like we dated the wrong person because we didn't Mm -hmm. value ourselves. Mm -hmm. We stayed with the wrong person too long because we didn't value ourselves stayed in the wrong
2: job for too long. Yeah, because we didn't value ourselves. Absolutely, it all goes back on how we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the thing is too,
1: like for all of our listeners, like you are worth it, whether you believe that or not. It, you know, hopefully you grow into that. But I think making choices as if you are worth it will show yeah. you eventually that you are because yeah. you're honoring yourself.
0: Yeah, and I also uh-huh. that is not arrogance. No. Like, Yes. Seeing yourself as valuable is mm-hmm. is not seeing yourselves yourself as better than other mm-hmm. people. It is right. seeing you as unique. We value mm-hmm. some, what makes a lot of time. What makes something valuable is its uniqueness, is its rarity. Yeah. And there's no one more rare than you, right? And, and not mm-hmm.
1: in the snowflake sense that we get labeled with, but but that truly there are no two people that are alike, and right. That it's pointless to compare yourself to somebody else because they are doing what they do best and you do something Mm -hmm. else best. And if you would stop trying to do what they do and do what you do best.
0: Listen, I spent (laughs) a long time trying to do somebody else's job better than them. And before i just realized that you know what that's not my job like i was just like constantly trying to fulfill somebody else's gifts and live into their gifts and i constantly felt like i wasn't worth anything because i'm like well there's so much better at that than i am yeah
2: Yeah, but maybe you're just pursuing (laughs) the wrong thing yeah no that's so oh gosh guys that's so good though because don't we do that we yeah so we look at other people and we go i want to be like them to to the point to where we neglect ourselves and we don't value ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think we can go on the other side of the pendulum and go, I'm going to look around relationships that I just think that they value themselves. Yeah. Like they're they, what they do is a pro like what their life is, is a product of how they view themselves. Mm-hmm. That helped me because for a while I couldn't, I couldn't, I was so my self-worth was so, so low yeah. that I really couldn't even tell, tell you what was good or bad. I was, I was trying to like heal and then I was like not wanting to be like living under religious rules. And then like, but then I'm like, is this owning my truth or is this actually devaluing me? You know, like That's asking super those questions. confusing. Yeah. It's, it's dismantling. But the only thing that, that helped me was to look around and go, Hmm. Her, her husband, her life, her kids, just the product of, and I say product, I don't mean objectifying it, but just like what her choices. Man, she does really value herself. What mm-hmm. choices has she made in life yeah. that it could inspire me? Because yeah. I can't, I can't see clear right yeah. now on any of my choices because they keep leading me down this path. And I, th- I thought I valued myself, but <laughs> I
1: definitely did, was not valuing myself. Right. Yeah. Well, and like what you're saying is, you looked at you looked at her choices, and I feel like mm-hmm. when we When we do look externally um, and we start comparing ourselves and try to live up to something, we're looking at the product of choices they made instead of looking at who were they being? What did they think about themselves to be able to pursue the thing that they felt a calling? in. And like some people we don't know need to go chasing after. Um, Yeah. But the people who truly seem like they are doing something that is not just good for them, but for others. I think that Mm -hmm. if if our choices are a product of how we feel about ourselves, then when we look at people who seem like they're doing it all right, it shouldn't be the product that they attained that we're chasing after. But going I wonder I wonder how they think about themselves. I wonder um, how they value their friendships and how they value their time, because Mm -hmm. those are the things that if we took on could probably propel us in the areas that are our
2: gifting. Yeah. Absolutely. I have a friend that um, he, he carries himself just so well and he's confident and you can tell by the way that he just pours into his character with his discipline and how he handles finances and um, how he eats healthy, works out. And, and But it's just, he's disciplined and his life is a product of that. And so it, it you're right. It is easy to look at the product and go, I just want that. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, Oh, I'm. I feel so entitled to that when I haven't put in the work. <laughs> Did the work, right?
1: That. Exactly, <laughs> because he must really value himself. Discipline is not something that that you can put in place if you don't value yourself. It's so. It's true. not fun. Well, something <laughs>
0: discipline is right. not fun. Something exactly. that exactly uh, that I think is it's a it's an interesting paradigm for this. The way that we take care of ourselves physically through our mm-hmm. discipline and all that kind of stuff. I think is a direct correlation in the way that we care for ourselves mentally. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, I know everyone's like, well, look, exercise, its and it's so good for you. And you're like, yeah, 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 okay, I'll get around to that. But mm-hmm. it's so true. Think about a vehicle or a car, right? Yeah. If you value your car, you might put premium gas in it. You know, I don't know. Yeah. You get oil yeah. changes, you clean it, you vacuum it, you take care of it because it's valuable. Why don't mm-hmm. we do the same thing for ourselves? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I think if we start to do some of those things, when you work out, when you eat healthy, what you're saying, those are just small practical things to say, I value myself. Yeah. I value myself. I'm worth it. Yeah. Because yep. you are.
1: And having yes. a balance too, because obviously, I mean, I realize you're just using that as an example, but we know plenty of people who focus on their physical fitness, but don't do any work on their mental health. And I think yeah. somebody who values themselves, they they value all aspects of themselves. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. the
0: idea too that people will start to see your value and recognize your value more when you start to recognize your own. I just think yes. I think that's so big. Mm-hmm. Like, but mm-hmm. we wait. We have it the other way around. We wait for somebody else to recognize our value before we start to recognize it in ourselves. Yep. And oh. it's this endless spiral.
1: Yeah. What's that old song? You're nobody till somebody loves you, or something. Yes. And out of that yep. came a phrase of what was it? No one can love you until you learn to love yourself, right. which is just—we're just—we're g- slowly getting there. We're slowly like, getting
0: there. Yes. I mean, <laughs> it took us forever to get past the "you complete me" thing, where it was like, oh
1: dear, I know.
0: it was like, hey guys, uh I mean, not guys they, speaking they gender, just but like,
1: screwed a, a decade of people, right? I know there. the most popular <laughs> yeah, a whole generation phrase was in history
0: was like, hey, I'm not complete until I found my partner. I'm like. No. Oh my
1: gosh! That's Run. So there's,
2: there's this. uh, There's this book. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. it might be a. Uh, and my. I, of course, I just have a book. happened to be right here. <laughs> but um, it's about uh, It's called um, how to survive the loss of a love. Mm. Wow. But they talk about how two halves, you know, two halves don't make a make a whole, but two holes make you even more whole. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, it just kind of goes back to what you were I was yeah. going to try to find it because it's like a poem, but, um, but just going back to that, I think that we we think we need somebody to complete us. We think that we, we, think we actually need a physical relationship to complete us, a job, a certain type of profession to complete us. Um, again, it just goes back to where do we find our self-worth and, and what are we chasing? Because whatever we're chasing, it, those things aren't sustainable. So what happens when those go away? Absolutely. What happens when the relationship goes away? What happens when the career goes away? where are you going to find yourself a sense of self-worth again?
0: Yeah. So, Eric, can I just, just one last question here, but, you know, if I can ask you to be, you know, a little vulnerable with us for a second, Um, this period that you have been on, this journey that you have been on over the last, you know, couple of years since the loss of a relationship for you, what have you learned about yourself um, in that period? Mm.
2: Uh, I've learned... I've learned so much. Um, I mean, I, I learned from you know going back to when I said I was seven and performing, and then thinking that like I should perf- like perform to get love. Um, so when I was at my rock bottom, where I literally had nothing to offer anybody, my finances, my uh, relational status, my you know like career status, all of that, everything was hit. And I had to not have find myself in any of that to find who I am. And I learned how I saw myself and it, and it took rock bottom and I don't think it needs to take rock bottom for people. And that's why I'm such a proponent to taking care of yourself and doing the work. And, and I, you know, I did go to therapy and things like that, but it, it, what do they say when you're under pressure is what you, what you're what's revealed in your heart. Mm -hmm. And um, I was under a lot of pressure and I saw what was revealed in my heart. And it was that I was finding myself worth and all of these other things. And uh, I had expectations on people to fulfill my need that I wanted them to validate me.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, I learned. Yeah. I learned that I loss of a relationship is my identity is not found in a relationship with somebody here
0: on earth. That's so Gosh, good. And,
1: and I think too, I think this is something that is important for our generation, for Gen Y to know about itself. We are the most searching generation. We are looking for fulfillment in a way that no other generation has before us. In the past, the way jobs were modeled um, for our parents, for our grandparents, the way marriages were modeled, they were not yeah. looking for fulfillment in them. You, you got a job, especially for... The way it used to be was the husband, and they talked about this in um, a study on that BBC did as well about how the husband got the job and the woman was usually the homemaker, and the expectations were kind of set, and they they mm-hmm. were not expecting to find fulfillment from each other mm-hmm. in the marriage, and they were happier as a yeah. result. And I think obviously, like we are making incredible strides um, in in equity and equality in our generation. And I think the thing is, it's not bad that we're seeking so much more fulfillment and, and that we're evolving in that way. I think what we just have to be really careful of is to not go looking for it in the wrong places. Yeah. And we're right. sort of set up to fail by being handed social media in the midst of, t- of trying to find our fulfillment. But it just requires being vigilant and, like you said, looking inward and just knowing yourself well enough to know when you're looking in the wrong places.
0: Yeah. Erin, I also just want to say thank you for your vulnerability and for sharing I know that that's, you know, not always not always the easiest thing, but on the other side of that there's yeah. all sorts of of good things and you're helping people and you're such a blessing mm. to absolutely so many people and to our listeners. Thank you. As and just well. and
1: and thank you for you're taking something that you weren't even sure what to do with and just deciding to run with it. That took a lot of <laughs> um a, a lot of courage and um I'm sure sacrifices. I can't imagine what it must have yeah. been like to have those letters flooding in and being like, Oh, <laughs> people are really struggling like i did not mean to open up this can of worms but also like you didn't you didn't just put it away you felt mm. a sense of responsibility for what you had uncovered and chose to do something with it so thank you mm. thank yeah. you for choosing to be brave with what you were handed um no. because we know people who are personally affected by by what you're doing and it's just a beautiful thing. We need more of you, Aaron. Yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. More, more Aarons.
0: <laughs> Aaron, do you have? Do you have anything? Any last minute thoughts or anything that you left unsaid that you want to say to to our listeners?
2: I think my biggest encouragement is if you're struggling with self worth and you don't know where to find it, or you feel like you are in a dark hole where you. We've touched on some things that you're like, oh, I'm doing that. I am. I'm finding my self worth in that. I just want to encourage anybody listening that that's okay that you recognize that and to find to find a safe person to talk to you about it because whenever you bring things to light, they can't hide anymore and they're not dark anymore and they can't lead us down a dark path anymore yeah. if we're honest and bring things to light. So that's amazing.
0: That's awesome. Well. Aaron, thank you again for lending your time to Generation Y. I-, I hope this was helpful for you guys. I certainly enjoy the conversation. Uh, and if you guys found it helpful, please share it with a friend. Uh, send it to somebody um, who could benefit from this. And then um, give, us a, give us a like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. And then if you would, this is super helpful for us. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Um, that is just so helpful and it helps other people. Find our podcast, and then speaking of finding us,
1: <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Gen Y Podcast. That's G E N W H Y Podcast. And also, be sure to go follow So Worth Loving. Their page is amazing, and it's so encouraging and inspiring.
0: And Aaron Eddy as well. It's E R Y N E D D Y. Aaron, thanks so much for being here, and to all you listeners, we'll see you next week for next episode of the Generation Y Podcast.